Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. With me this episode is Austin Hamlin. Austin Hamlin is a writer and creator. He's worked with Top Cow, Devil's Do, and he's going to be in the upcoming anthology stories from the quarantine. Uh, Austin is just uh, one of those guys that is just super passionate about creating comics and what he does, and it was just such a joy to kind of chat with him about, you know, his process and making comics and why he does what he does. Um, and it just was an absolute blast. So hopefully everyone enjoys this episode. Um, once you're done listening to this episode, make sure you head on over to aguildy.com forward slash free comic and you will get um, a free comic sent directly to your email as soon as you sign up for my fan list. Again, that's aguildy.com forward slash free comic. Enjoy the episode. This computer. All right, awesome. Thank you so much for uh, joining me uh, today. It's, you know, uh, really awesome that uh, we can finally put this together because, you know, crazy times. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to pick your brain and, and talk to you, man. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited. I love doing stuff like this. You know, I think that's one of the the best things to come out of the current world is that uh, I feel like there's a lot more things like this. Uh, you know, um, because since you know, you can't, there's not conventions and stuff. There's a lot more, I think there's a lot more podcasts. There's a lot more online conventions. And I hope that even when we get back to normalcy, I hope it's something that sticks around. Um, cause yeah. I just, so that way I can have as much, as much comics as I can. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, uh, one of the, the reasons why this started was because of the pandemic, I was having these conversations all the time with you know friends of mine in the comics community and i was like you know i should might as well just record these and, and put them on the internet people you know the people people will dig it yeah and yeah. it's kind of what has happened and it's it's you know slowly grown and I'm, I'm just excited and then i get to meet awesome people like yourself and chat about comics and pick your brain and become you know a a better writer and a comic creator myself so thank you man i, I really appreciate it yeah no problem so at all my uh, the one thing I, I wanted to talk to you about that I, I just I really loved about not only um, your style of writing, but also the style of comics that you've shown me of your stuff is there's this really cool kind of um, 90s, 80s vibe to it that you don't really <laughs> see a lot anymore. And so can you kind of just like, is that something you're doing on purpose? I feel like it's on purpose. Uh, and there's kind of like, what's, where's that coming? I'm like specifically like punk rock. Uh, you showed me in a, a couple others. Um, but yeah, where kind of, where's that vibe coming from? And, and just, uh, is it a conscious decision? What, what's going on there? So when I started reading comics, I kind of started the way that everybody starts reading comics, right? You, you start, I think at least most people start at superheroes, right? That's the, that's the getting on point. But uh, once I, I, I was digging them for a few years and then I, once I started getting more uh, conscious about what I was reading and paying attention, uh, you know, I started following creators, right? And uh, once you follow creators, uh, you're like, oh, they've done all these books over here, you know, that, and you know, or at Image or wherever where they were, because like some of the guys that I really digged when I was like, when I really got into comics was like Garth Ennis, Mark Miller, uh, guys like that. Like I like Rick Remender too. Um, like I did Grant Morrison a lot. Uh, and I got into every comic that I could get my hand on. Like I love manga. I love European comics, but one of the things that I absolutely love is I love underground comics. Um, which is funny because so i'm i'm 26 so really like most of these comics came out 
the underground comics came out before I was born or like when I was super young, but like American Splendor, that's a big one for me that I liked, like Chester Brown's work. Um, I like, I'm, I, I will read any kind of comic. And it's funny that you like say that. Um, I don't know. Like when you, I, I've never had someone say that to me before, but the second you said that, I'm like, Oh my God, that is like, so like evident. Uh, Cause I think a lot of when people think about the comics in the nineties, they think of, I mean, my, my mind automatically goes to like extreme studios stuff, you know, right. Like the, the hyper masculinity, uh, um, you know, muscles and fight scenes and, you know, superhero team books and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I enjoy, I, I love Rob Liefeld as uh, he's a very energetic, excited about comics person. Um, uh, I know he get he sometimes gets a bad rap, but he, he that guy just genuinely loves comics. And um, I think he's a good ambassador um, you know, kind of yeah, like Stanley sure. was, um, which his podcast that he's been doing Rob observations is great. Cause, um, like I, you know, he doesn't, I don't think he has any sponsors and he just does it. And I'm like, you know, it's the testament of he would do this for free, you know, like, and that's the kind of, you're like, this guy would do this for free. Um, but yeah, it's not necessarily on purpose. You know, like it was just really like what kind of, like I always, like, if I'm going to be making something, if no one's paying me to make it, I'm going to make it uh, how I would want or, or what would I like to read this? And um, that's kind of the stuff that I dig and I dig humor stuff. So that's like everything I write has got to have a little bit of humor in it at least. So, Yeah, I, I definitely saw that. Um, one thing I, I, I really, I really appreciated with what you sent me um, was your ability as a writer um to have pacing on a on the pa- on the page and the panels like i i really i really appreciated that like it didn't move too fast not too slow like it was like perfect for each um story that you were telling so you could talk a little bit about like your pacing like panel like uh panels per page and and all that stuff because i think you from you know i i talked to a lot of people and a lot of writers here and, and people show me their stuff and i i think uh you probably do it one of the best that i've talked to so far that's that's a, I, that's a huge compliment. I really appreciate that. Oh, um, you're welcome. The best advice. The reason that I am that way is because when I start, when I like very first started, like I've known I wanted to write comics since I was like 12. But when I very first started actually like, you know, doing it the proper way, uh, I mean, like by breaking down panels and scripts, the best advice I ever got um, was from Phil Hester. And he told me, you need to try to draw some of this. He goes, because what you think is going to work is not going to work on the page. Uh, he's like in your head. He's like, but he's like, uh, and, he, and I remember the comic specifically, this comic never uh, came out, but he's like, he, he's like, it's impossible to lay this out. Cause he goes, you got these two very important actions that need to take up a big amount of space, but you've gotten, you've got a, you know, a seven panel page here. So they, they don't get the time that they deserve. And uh one of the best things, yeah, was even though I'm not an artist, was just to lay out stuff that I was writing. And I still do that sometimes. And it doesn't necessarily ever get even sent to the artist. Sometimes it does. Uh, but just to be like, does this actually work? Is this even possible? Um, and another great thing that he did for me is when I got uh, my first little self-published book of shorts out uh, done, he told me, I, I met him, Hester's an Iowa guy. He's like an 
it's like two hours away from me. Um, he's my comics dad, I say, because his uh, kids are a year older and a year younger than me, but neither of them do comics. And then like, I'm the only one in my family that's even into comics. So it's kind of like we, we fill the voids. Um, but uh, we met up and he told me to print out everything on just like copy paper. And he went over every page with me with a Sharpie. And was oh, wow. like, here's what you did good here. This is awesome. You could do this better or this is good. But if you did this, it would make it even better. And I have all of those still. And I look at them and I can like sometimes some moments in your life are, are so important or so like they just hit you that you don't even realize it. But like I could I could like right now just go back to we were at a restaurant called Fat Daddy's um, go back to that restaurant and 18 year old me sitting there. And him telling me these things. And that was just like listening to him and having him was, was huge. Um, he, uh, I think he's one of the most underrated uh, talents in all of comics. He's worked on everything, worked with everyone. And he has a style that's not, um, I think a lot of, it's like a very animated style is what I would call it. And I think Sometimes people will look over that, but his storytelling is unmatched. And I really got obsessed over his work and uh, really analyzed his stuff to be like, oh, and and just getting to talk to him is what really helped me level up um, that way. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So when you started um, paneling out uh, the pages, what did you kind of learn about your writing? From that, because I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, another person who does this and, and is actually um, really talented is I, I know Grant Morrison does, and it's funny that he's one of your uh, you know all the guys that you named earlier was like for like all on my my top list. Um, I'm definitely like a huge fan of all of those guys, but it was interesting. Uh, like in one of my I think it's like Batman R.I.P. I got like the trade or the deluxe trade oh, or whatever as the bonus stuff. Yeah, the bonus stuff in the back. And it's like Grant Morrison was like sending pages of like his thumbnails that he does. And like in it, he talks about like, yeah, I thumbnail each page. And I thought that's really interesting. And you're the first uh, writer I've talked to who says they actually do something very similar. So what did you kind of learn in that process? It it really gives you a different kind of thinking. It, it, it totally is. Uh, and it's kind of like, um, so like if you started to write, uh, if you, if you were wanting to pursue a career writing comics, then you started to write uh, short stories, right? Like just like prose, uh, things that you learn in prose make you a better writer, uh, in, in comics. Now, not necessarily everything that you do in prose, you know, are, is transferable. But when I did, when I was doing that, I was really like being like, what, how can I make this look interesting and what can I, uh, and then like I started really wanting to be like angles. Now one uh, artist that I've, who actually is an artist for punk and rock who I've, I've done the most comics with him. I think we've done over 200 pages of comics together. There was a script that I sent him. That was a lot of, it was a lot of just talking and he was like, how do you expect me to make this look interesting? And I looked at the script that I had sent him and I'm like, really. As I kind of just did this, I, you know, you get really con- conscientious of it. And um, 
I really dig like, okay, so like an Alan Moore swamp thing run. There's these really crazy, weird uh, panel layouts and same in like, uh, there's different flash stories where there's these like stuff like that. And I really started paying attention to like time shifts, place shifts, perspective shifts, like bird's eye view, worm's eye view, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, when then I would go back to write um you know i didn't i got more detailed and i didn't just give like the panel of so-and-so or a close-up of face you know like stuff that's you know and that depends on that's i guess sometimes depending on who you work with sometimes they want it a little looser because they want to interpret it and that's cool but uh don't ever want to be the lazy one or the weak link you know so i'd rather give more than needed than less yeah for sure i know um for me whenever I work with my um, artists, I just ask them like up front, like, what do you want? Like, how, how do you want to work? Because, you know, ultimately, you know, a comic strip is so much different than uh, everything else. Right. Because the only person who's really going to see it is the artist. And so like the way I look at it, it's like a love letter to my artist. Like if I can inspire my artists to do their best job, then I've done my job as the writer. Um, and so like my, um, so the artist I'm working on now for my uh, for the series Forgotten Hymns, he likes full script, like every panel, like pretty pretty detailed. Like he's pretty. Um, I let him take the reins on like camera angles and stuff, or like. Um, but sometimes I don't like it. He likes it pretty detailed and, and pretty you know laid out. Where the artist for my series in Man of Sin, um, the first issue was like that, but then like we kind of developed a shorthand, and there was I was like, all right, like stuff sets on fire do your thing like like and actually some of like he would come up with like crazy like those panels like you were talking about with like um uh in swamp thing and like those really i remember like spawn had those really weird panels too that would be like it would be like uh i feel like that's that 90s vibe right like like, late 80s early 90s comics they'd really mess around with um the page right it'd be like one person's face and all around it would be different stuff but uh my the artist on uh man of sin he did a lot of that stuff playing around with the panels and it was just I, i loved what he was doing with it and that was just when i took my hands off the you know i, I let him take the reins on that and so it's really you know i i it's really each artist is different and finding that happy medium uh between you and them i think and the longer you work with someone yeah, too absolutely. like you start you start developing kind of a sixth sense for like how they're able to interpret it and like i don't uh, you said you've done 200 pages uh with this artist for punk rock um yeah. I'm sure like in your head as you're writing, you now see how it's going to kind of turn out. Like yeah, you're oh, kind yeah. of envisioning it. And that's, that's, that's when it starts getting really cool. Right. You kind of got this really cool mind meld thing going on and it's exactly and and the coolest thing is it's exactly like how you envision it, but like a thousand times better. Like that's all, that's the best way I could describe comics. It's really, really uh, it's like, yeah, they're taking exactly what's in my head, but way better than anything I could ever think of. Like when we, it's funny because like when we started, I was like, it was like you said, like I was very, very detailed, especially like, so, so like since with the Adventures of Punk and Rock, like it all takes place in space and there's all these, you know, different aliens, whatever, like if, unless it was important to the story, what an alien looked like, eventually 
I just started letting, would just like, I would, you know, be like, oh, there's four aliens or whatever. And then he would just design them because he just would like to come up with these, the crazy way that these things looked. And it just was better. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm down with whatever, you know? And sometimes it would be, I'm trying, like, I know in the first issue, there's just like a, a weird, uh, I would just call it like a, a gray type alien that's ripped, but he's wearing like fishnet stockings. And it's just funny, you know, like, it's like, oh yeah, he's an alien. Why not? You wear that. It just looks funny, you know? aesthetically pleasing and weird and different and yeah so what is it, what's it been like putting um like you have 200 pages of comics um you got a, a bunch of other stuff what's it kind of been like on your comics journey now um not only as a writer but kind of you know doing this stuff kind of on your own kind of on the indie scene i like so you know i, I work obviously uh you know a day job i'm a uh meat cutter butcher maybe like in a grocery store um i've been doing that for about two years um this is like this is the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning uh and like today at work uh today wasn't it was not an amazing day at work and the only thing i was thinking about at work was what i was going to work on when i got home you know like i'm like okay when i get home the night i was like i got a podcast but like oh no i wanted to you know i want to write on this and okay cool where was i at when i last was working on that you know blah blah blah. and uh i i say that right now i am uh uh throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks um i've been you know uh because comics are a weird thing and uh the world right now has made it also even weirder um you can have a career and make your living off of comics and never work for Marvel or DC, right? Uh, you could just do Kickstarters or you could do a web comic. Uh, so like I've been, you know, I've been pitching to companies like crazy. Uh, and I have also just been self-publishing comics um, and starting a web comic that'll be coming out soon. I'm just trying uh, anything. And like, I'm big into uh, behind the scenes stuff. Um, so like I have, uh, a, uh, like a likable author page on Facebook and so I share stuff about my work, but I also talk about my personal life, right? Like I, I do Facebook lives about me grilling. I, I talk about, uh, my mental health. Like I talk about going to therapy and stuff. Cause I've always been a big fan of, it's kind of like, uh, if you're really into a band, you want to know everything about that band. Right. So like, I'm like, okay, it's like, I'm a big Nirvana fan. And so then it's like, I want to know everything I can about Kurt Cobain. I want to know everything I can about Dave Grohl. And I was also the same way about comic creators. And before, you know, Twitter, it kind of was hard, right? You had to find a wizard magazine where they, a certain person was interviewed or try to find old comics journals or whatever. Um, I, I, the thing that I say that I'm doing right now is I'm trying to build a resume of work and, you know, while trying to build a, and I'm just going to say fan base um, and just keep going forward. Cause the, the, the most, most people get wrapped up in immediate success. Um, I think that's a big thing and not just in comics, but in anything when, all of life is a marathon, not a race, and especially comics. And you got to think about it that way. Um, and one of the things I had a conversation. So I was at C2E2 last year, like right before the world uh, shut down. It was like two weeks before. And I had a conversation with someone and uh, kind of out of it, this was like what I decided is like, uh, just because you're not at the top of the mountain 
doesn't mean that you haven't climbed up a good portion of the mountain. Uh, most people don't even make it off the ground. Um, you know, I mean, for every person that's made a comic, there's, you know, 30 times more that have talked about it and never did. And then for everybody that have made a comic, there's even less that have made a second comic. And then further there, a third comic, and then have actually made money or then have actually made a living. So like, just because you're not writing on a Marvel book, not writing at dynamite, you're not selling 5,000 copies of your book. Doesn't mean that you've not accomplished something awesome. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. And that's, that's just such a, a great message uh, to have, you know, I, I, I forget who someone said it that, you know, just by making one comic, um, you're, you're already ahead of 99% of everyone else who's just thinking about it. And, yeah. you know, for, for me, I, I've said this a lot on here and I'm just going to keep saying it cause it's my podcast and I can do what I want. Um, but like the reason why, like the reason why I do it and continue to do it is, you know, I, I have a daughter now and it's really important for me that I put my money where my mouth is. So when she's older, uh, when I tell her she could do anything that she wants, I could turn around and say, I wanted to make comics and here they are. Right. And it's like, I don't, I, I don't want those to be hollow wor- words. Right. And, um, and I want to like, I was really, really thinking about this, like, you know, doing the self-publishing thing is hard. Right. That's like what, what I'm doing. It right. Is. And it's, it's not easy. Cause you got to wear a bunch of different hats that you might not even be aware that you have to wear. Right. Like, or, or, or want to wear. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like the dream is, right. You just sit, I just do the, the writing and I send it off and never worry about it again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, all right. I get to talk with this awesome artist and we get to make something cool. Like that's the most I want to do. Right. Like that's what I want to do. Right. That's, that's the dream. But the reality is, is you, there's so much more, right. You gotta, you gotta learn how to market. You gotta learn how to network. You gotta learn how to work with a printer. You gotta learn how to set up like, all of these things that like most people just are like, not even like when I first started, I was just like, you know, I'm going to make a comic. I'm just going to do it. And then as I started doing it, I was like, wow, there's all this other stuff I have to learn how to do. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, I have to learn how to do this because if I want to do it, these are the things that you have to learn how to do. And it's, it's not a bad thing to learn how to do these things because you're, you're, no. you're, you're learning a bunch of different skills and it, it, it helps you out in other areas, but it is much more on your plate than what, um, you know, than just creating, right? I, I don't know, like even some real like creators that are doing it full time as they're like, this is their day job they could be so much better if they had these other skills because they're not great marketers. They're not good. They don't know how to reach out and do the PR stuff that you are learning how to do. Like I'm learning how to do that. If I ever do get in that position, whether or not that happens, like, I don't even care at this point. That's not why I'm doing this. Um, but you're prepared for right. I'm prepared what a lot for. of people might not be. Yeah. And so that, and oh. I think it's, I think it's really important um, to not shy away from those things. Like I know a lot of, I, I've talked to a couple of people, a few people uh, have reached out to me and they're like, I'm, I want to do this, but I'm scared to do X, Y, or Z. And it's cause I don't know how I'm like, well, now is, is a worse, that's the worst excuse because you could, 
first off, if I could learn how to do it, anyone in the world could learn how to do it. Um, that's number one. And number two is like the internet is so great. You could literally find, you could oh, yeah. find a YouTube, you could find a YouTube video for anything. You could find a webpage or a group or anyone for anything. So I, I hope that doesn't, you know, deter anyone. Uh, I, but, I had a stack, like a stack of books of how to make comic like i had manga for dummies i had you know i had like i even had like art books uh and like it was it was probably a whole bookshelf worth of these uh and i used to always buy them because i was like seeking it out you know and then and that's the crazy thing now is how easily available it is um for anyone to find and i i have some friends that uh so they've been self-publishing since the 90s and I'm like, if I thought it was hard, these guys were state, you know, print, having to send their art in to these places and staple it by themselves and having to find comic conventions that they go to write. And I've got all of this on my internet. I can send an email and boom, I've got it printed. I, you know, a scanner. Oh, I got a scanner in the other room. Uh, you know, oh, letters. I can do that digitally. I don't have to paste them on. They're like, if these guys could do it and they, and like still do it today, then I'm like, I have. I, I have no excuse and I, that's not to make anyone feel bad. Uh, and I, I mean this as it's attainable. Cause I have this weird thing where I just will do it. Uh, and and I, I've always been like, I want to learn by doing um, and I'm cool with just putting stuff out there. And sometimes it, maybe I'll look like an idiot, but I usually learn from it. Uh, and I found that apparently that's a very uncommon thing. Uh, a lot of people are like, Oh man, if people don't like it, you know, that's going to be rough. And I'm like, Oh no, I've gotten bad reviews. I've gotten, I've had, um, when I was like 15, I had a, a pro who I will not name pretty much tell me to quit writing. Well, that was 11 years ago, you know, so here I am, um, which actually, which is funny. There's an anthology coming out that uh, I have a story in that he also has a story in, which made me laugh kind of hard. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's funny. He has no idea who I am now, but uh, what are the odds that's of that? Uh, that's <laughs> awesome, man. No, that's, that's such a great story, right? Like this, this guy who will remain nameless when we're off there, you can tell me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, that you're having uh, uh, a, a story in the same anthology, man. Like that's kudos to you, man. That's awesome. That's, that's really great to, to hear. What, uh, what, what anth- can you tell me the anthology? What anthology? Is yeah, gonna be? There, there's uh, I'm not sure exactly when it will be out. I believe it's going to be going to print the end of April, uh, but it's called uh, tales from the quarantine. Uh, I was very lucky to get to do a story in this and it's a bunch of one page uh, stories, but they've got a lot of like, big name talent ed brubaker has a story in it ron mars um so chip kid did the logo um and oh my gosh i'm blanking on all the people but there were so many pros like people whose work that i read um and the the only reason i got a story in this and this goes back to uh to hester again was i was talking to him on the phone and they had asked him to do a story but he said um you know, my life really didn't change that much because I already worked from home, you know, and I would get groceries once a month. So he had asked them to hook him up with someone to write the story. Um, and, and they, they were wrangling so many people. They must've just, you know, slipped their mind. And he goes, he goes, if you can get me a script in the next few days, I'll send it to him and be like, Hey, um, is this can we can i draw this one and so that's what happened um charlie adler that's the big name that's involved with it too so that's cool too like i, I there's there's some indie guys but like i just see all these huge names just be like 
I get to be a part of this book with uh, all of these people. Um, there's a name there that does not fit in with the others uh, at all. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool that, uh, um, you know, Phil not only reached out to you because you had that connection, which is great, right? Like so many people just don't have something like that. So that's that's amazing. But the fact that you were able to step up to the plate and 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 you know not strike out like not let fear like saying all those names like you know there there's probably a lot of people out there that would like get this opportunity like get an opportunity like that and just like self-sabotage themselves just like i i I have writer's block like i can't do it so uh that's awesome can you tell me a little bit about the the story it was a one-pager yeah, yeah. So it was one page story. And it's funny because like, uh, that's how I kind of started writing comics was really, really short stories because I was uh, I was working in high school and I used the money um, from working at uh, this little grocery store to pay artists. So I was like, let's get as much as I can out of, you know, everything. Uh, the story is it's basically true of what I saw working in a grocery store during the beginning of the pandemic. Um, the way that I witnessed people act, the way that I was talked to uh, by people uh, and what happened. So um, I did have a mental breakdown uh, due to, I mean, we were doing like three times the amount of business that we normally were and people were panicky. People were mean and almost had to call the police a couple times over different things. Uh, and so, yeah, I had, I had a mental breakdown and uh, I mean, I, I've kind of always had uh, uh, mental issues, but uh, the the good thing that did come out of that is I'm now uh, I really found out that I'm bipolar. I, I I go to therapy every week and I got my meds switched around and I'm doing the best I ever have, honest to God. Uh, but that's what the story is about: is about um, the things that I would see that every morning, everyone running into the store to the toilet paper aisle, people people waiting outside. Like I, you know, if I worked an hour before we opened, there would be cars out there already. Um, waiting for the store to open. Uh, yeah. So it was about the things that I saw and it was very, uh, it's funny. Cause everyone's like, you got to stay calm. It was very hard at that point for me to not freak out because I was seeing how people were acting every day. You know, I was seeing people buy cartloads of groceries and coming in three to four days a week, buying just hoarding food and empty shelves. And like, it was, uh, it was quite honestly, some of the scariest things I've ever seen. Um, and I'm surprised I lasted as long as I did without uh, kind of losing it. Um, you know, cause like when you're working 50 hour weeks and that's what you're seeing, it's yeah, it wasn't fun. Uh, and I think are much better now. Uh, and yeah, that kind of, that, that was what broke my back, but yeah, so I did a story about that. So it's a very, very raw story. And that's me talking about, yeah, how it kind of broke me to how, uh, first off like that's that's great that you're able to kind of use you know this negative part in your life and spin it into a positive thing right like you're in this huge book with all these names what was it like getting the art back for that was that like it's dream come true level excitement it's not finished yet that's the irony Uh, (laughs) so i haven't seen it but it's going to be i already told them like i got a space on my wall for it um oh that's awesome uh like i have a massive uh creative bucket list and uh there's working with him as one of them um there there's two names on there that i i have to work with and he was one of them uh and then eric gapster is another who uh he's another iowa guy so like if phil was my 
comics dad uh eric is my comics older brother um he's not inked over phil a lot um but is now doing a uh, an all-ages graphic novel through i can't remember who the publisher is but uh, uh yeah so um it it's gonna be i put up yeah it's gonna be a big deal it is it is a really big deal to me you know even if this would have been for you know an anthology with people who were just making their first comic me getting to work with him is the uh, thing and it's and it's not it's just because of what he's been to me i i um i always try to put him over every time that i talk about him that not even just in comics he's one of the best people that i know um he's a good person um and i like yeah he's helped me do all this stuff in comics but the crazy thing is, is I'm, I'm not the only one I, i've seen him help so many other people um and he's totally willing i've seen him do portfolio reviews at cons and, and just um i will never be able to repay what he has given me uh and that's part of the thing to me too is it's very important that i succeed because if uh, he was willing to take the time to help me like this, I really got to, I really got to show him that, Hey, I'm, I'm really serious about this. You know, that's awesome, man. That's, that's such a great story. Um, kind of slightly pivot here. Um, so when you're out, um, you know, the things that you show me, you had a lot of pitches in there and a lot of different art from, uh, um, from artists. So what's it like kind of um, one of the biggest hurdles new writers have is trying to find someone to work with so what's i guess the first part of this question is um kind of what's your approach when you go find an artist do you get the entire story done like uh, first and then find an artist Do you find an artist and then work on a story kind of what's your kind of game plan or, or plan of attack trying to just get that first major component uh, down with finding an artist because you have some great artists, man, that you've worked with. Like everything that I've seen, there's like top-notch stuff. Um, so, like, kind of how, how 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 do you go about doing that? I kind of have uh, like at all times. I've got uh, I wouldn't call them a full pitch, but I've got like mini pitches, uh, which is like a page, uh, quick going over things. And I have at least five of those on hand at any given point in time. Uh, all kind of varying in in. Uh, type of story you know and setting and a lot of times it's like uh what uh what do you want to work on right because it's if the, if someone is excited about something they're gonna put even more you know it's gonna come off when, when they do uh the artwork and um it's like i think to like uh like okay if you would have went to get a sketch from todd mcfarlane in the late 90s or, or we'll, actually you know we'll say in the in the late 80s everybody's asking for venom everybody's asking for spider-man he's probably so sick of drawing venom and spider-man if you get up there and you're like draw whatever you want it's gonna be better than even if you paid the same as what everyone did for the you know a venom or a spider-man it's gonna be better because it's what they want to do um uh some of the stuff is like um has come about because of my uh, my friendships with people and then we'll be talking to be like that's a fun idea and then somebody will send me a sketch and then we kind of go back and forth from there and that's usually only for people that i'm like actually like super close with um it's like when i started i just i post on message boards and uh when i started my first self-published book came out when i was 18 i was a senior in high school it was a month after i turned 18 actually uh and back then it was like you know no one no one will take it 
when I started doing the book, no one will take a 17 year old seriously. Right. Why would anybody want to work with a 17 year old kid? I mean, honestly though, you know, I mean, I get it. So it was, I paid everybody and, and, and at first and uh, not saying that I, I don't at times now, but I did that. And then eventually I uh, through these people met other people. And then when I like, there's not much of a local comic scene in Iowa, but once I started uh, venturing out, to like Chicago, the Chicago land area. Um, my sister actually lives out that way, but once you get involved in that community, you meet a ton of people. And then, you know, and then once you like, you'd go into Kansas city for conventions too, you meet like the Kansas city, um, group of people and you meet people through there. And like the best stuff that I've made, I think is through the people that I've had a, a relationship with, uh, beyond the page. Um, like scott who draws punk and rock like we video chat and bs about comics like we send each other memes right like it, um it's it's a it's a true friendship um and like that's the thing you want to search for is uh i, I think is, is a is a, a true collaborator uh, um and i understand that people need to get paid but but when you uh, are doing a book with someone uh if you pay if they get paid a lot of the times people are like i'm good i got paid i don't need to try to help uh, promote this Kickstarter or try to get this uh, at a publisher. I don't care. I, I got my money. Um, and they maybe don't even care about the project at all. They're just there because they, they got paid and I get that and that's fine. Uh, but that's why the people that I try to work with are the people that we want to see this exist. Um, and it's not like not saying we don't want to make money at it, but it's not getting done for the sole purpose of this will I, I'm drawing this page because I will make, a hundred dollars drawing this page or whatever it may be. Um, and that's, and I, and I have noticed that with different people um, that are pros and getting to talk with Phil, it's like, Oh yeah. When he was coming up, it's these comics that he made, he was making with us, with his friends, you know? And then like, and he still does, you know? So it's cool to, I mean, I think it means even more, um, you know, if, if I got to do, um, you know, a, a mini series at image, that's great. But if I got to do a mini series at image with my friends, like that's that's even better yeah for sure yeah definitely um kind of going off off that um a little bit is you seem to have kind of a a format for your pitches that i saw um that you kind of follow um what like what is it and kind of like where did that come from because i think it's um something that i know a lot of writers kind of struggle with is trying to um you have a, a really you do a really good job of condensing these ideas down so they're like actually easy and under, to understand um so like how how does that how, how do you kind of go about that i i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat on this one because I, I i got uh, a hold of there used to be this one pitch or one page pitch sheet that vertigo used um and it wasn't a thing that was publicly put out but it was what uh editors at vertigo wanted and it had the format of the pitch and then there was a paragraph saying this is what we want in this part and that's what i i use that so it's funny because i will copy and paste that and then i will you know delete the that and fill in that and that's what i use so like it's not necessarily something that's publicly available um <laughs> around i just kind of happen to get my hands on and i love it and it's great um and Cause like, you know, if you go to a lot of pages, uh, uh, companies pages for submissions, you know, it'll say, you know, you know, here's the things that we want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only things you include or how, how you should go about saying or, or presenting said things. Um, that's just, you know, and, um, 
yeah, this one page uh, thing is just, which is funny because, you know, it's not funny, but Vertigo doesn't exist anymore, which is a shame. Um, you know, I'm glad that there's, you know, like Black Label, but that's not the same as, as Vertigo. That was. It's not the um, same. It's not the same. not the same. You know, there'll never be a book like Preacher again at DC, you know, just, no. or, 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 you know, or so much. I can think of so many. I love Vertigo books because uh, <laughs> uh, that was the stuff I was reading in high school. Hardcore. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. And like, I the big thing I started doing was I would be like asked to read other people's pitches uh, that I was friends with it, it, that were indie guys or pros or any, anybody and uh, see would break apart their uh, pitch in what do I like about this? And what do I not like about this? Um, and not necessarily, cause like you could have the greatest story in the world, but if you don't, if you can't pitch it, properly then no one will even get past that to let you try or to you know read on past that so it's like the uh you've got 30 seconds to entertain me go uh it's kind of what it is um it's funny yeah. that you say that i was uh at my local comic shop yesterday picking up some supplies and um i gave i gave the guy uh one of my books and I gave it to him for free. I, I know him. And it just, he caught me off guard. He was like, what's the elevator pitch for this? And I was like, uh, uh, I was like so flustered. Cause I wasn't, I was just like, here, you're my friend. Like, I know you, I made this. And then he wanted the elevator pitch. And I was like, well, okay, I guess. And like, I had to go into like pitch mode real fast. I was just like in friendly comic, like nerd mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, and he was like, all right, what's the elevator pitch? And I was like, oh man, I guess. But it's, it's funny that you, you have to have that on deck at all times because yeah. you never know who's around or, or, or who will ask, want you to do something like that. And I was, it was like one of those just weird things where like, I had to like stop everything and like shift my mind into like, you got like, put on the spot. And so it's yeah. like, oh, crap. It's like deer in headlights. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I wasn't anticip- like, it's different. Like when I'm at a con, I'm doing that all, all day. Right. Yeah. You're saying the same thing all day. Yeah. I there was one con that I was at that the person next to me was like, I am so sick of hearing you say and then they had it like memorized because they were uh they were like a they had prints, that was what they were there for. Um, mm-hmm. but they were next to me and I was peddling comics. So that you know, there was just, you know, hi or whatever, and then I'd get people at my table and then I would have, you know, my two or three sentences for everything there. And <laughs> They were so sick of hearing it. And I'm like, you think you're sick of hearing it? I've been doing this this same exact pitch, little elevator pitch, for years. And it's gonna yeah. keep going for more years. I, I know. It was it's it was just uh it was one of those it was one of those uh moments where it was it was a li- it might have well been been in an elevator yesterday. Like when when the the shop guy was like, All right, so what's the elevator pitch? I was like, uh okay, here I go. I haven't done this in a while. Buckle up. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, it was awesome. So you have the one page, can you break down what's in that one page thing? Can you, yeah. can you share um, that with everyone? Cause I know a lot of people are probably really going to be clamoring for that. Uh, I, so there is the, um, the high concept, uh, which is like, you know, what, like, gosh, now you're putting me on the spot. And then I'm like, what is all in there? Um, there's, the high concept the high concept oh, okay so then there was like uh 
Oh my god! You know what? I can even I just I can pull it up here in like two seconds. There I hope you go. I don't have to edit this out. Uh, no, nope. and I can because I, I will get it right now. Have it in my uh, my Google Docs. There we go. Vertigo one pitch sheet. Loading, loading. Okay, so you've got the title, and it's funny because like I'll, I'll just read this title one quick. So like after title it says, "What's the story called?" Try to stay away from uh, single words or long phrases. Should be something memorable that rolls off of the tongue and won't be confused with what anyone else is doing. Remember, it'll have to be a logo. It, like that's like really in depth just off of what the title is. Um, I've kind of switched around the order because the next one it has is like the talent. And since I don't have like a name drawing ability, I just put my talent. I put that at blast. Uh, the high concept is like basic premise and one concise and specific sentence. Um, then there's the story, which you actually go into more uh, nuts and bolts and uh, like, you know, go into it more. Uh, the twist, and it's what makes the story different than any other stories like it. What's the hook? Uh, then there's genre, theme, what's, uh, uh, relevance. That's one that I like a lot because uh, I don't think people think about it. It's like, oh, what is the, why is this relevant to, you know, now? Uh, the strong visuals to talk about what cool stuff is going to be there. And then, uh, the last part that it has is a fan base. So like if what could you compare this to like, Oh, star Wars fans are going to like this sci-fi fans, horror, uh, you know, what's your audience that you're going for. Um, and yeah, that's, I'm going to probably use that pitch sheet till the day I die. I think that's, I love it. That's, that's awesome, man. What's, what's really cool is that uh, you've kind of made it uh, work for you. Um, but as soon as I was like going through your stuff, I'm like, man, this guy's got this pitch thing down. <laughs> like, and I'm like, like, I cheated. <laughs> hey, there's nothing. There, there is nothing wrong with that. The, the, what's what's so crazy is that that was obviously there for other creators to use, right? Like, they just didn't have it for the editors. Editors would probably right. give it to professional writers and be like, hey, this is what we want. Like, it's obviously there for a reason, and. Uh, I, I think it's awesome that you got your hands on it. And I can almost guarantee that like that 38 second part is going to be the most listened to part of any podcast. Like every writer is going to just like snippet that out and like, what? What is that? And, like and they're going to like transcribe it. <laughs> I'm going to just be getting, I'm going to be getting messages. Yo, you want to, you want to share that, uh, that pitch sheet with me? Yeah. So, so that's awesome. Have uh now, have you have you sent any of uh, that stuff that um, you sent me? Can you talk about any of that stuff? Because you have a there's a lot in there, and I don't know what you can or can't talk about yet. Well, nothing has gotten picked up, <laughs> but I was got a lot of stuff that was really close with some bigger places that would have been a very uh, good uh, stepping stone forward. Um, COVID really messed with. Uh, I think if I had done some of this uh, stuff that I had pitched. Uh, year year and a half ago i maybe it maybe would have got picked up because they would have been like oh we'll take a chance but i think with the way that you know they're uncertain of how the market is gonna be and whatever and you know because i mean some people are obviously worrying about paying rent obviously they're gonna first thing you're gonna cut if you're worrying about feeding your family is gonna be your entertainment right i mean that's just understandable 100 percent. i get it um we got very close with uh with uh, Eat the Devil, we got really close with a publisher. They wanted to see more art, and we got them like three more pages, uh, and they ended up passing. And that was like, oh. Uh, and uh, yeah, I had uh, some interest in Big Gun Stupid Rednecks, and um, I mean, I'm still 
waiting to hear back from a couple places on that. So who knows? Um, but uh, I, I kind of am like, like I said earlier, throwing crap at the wall and see what sticks is like, cool. You know, I haven't heard anything back. Let's just keep on, uh, keep on doing stuff. You know, like I, this week I sent a book to print called comics do that's just a bunch of short story like it's not something that anybody would publish because it's just there's no theme to any of these stories it's just a bunch of weird short stories but i that doesn't mean i shouldn't just keep making comics you know and i, I actually gave it out for free um and i posted it all over reddit facebook twitter and i'm just like here's a dropbox link to it i shrunk down a pdf and i'm like anybody who wants it it's all yours uh, you know and i'm gonna do a print edition that's you know i've ordered it already but i just want my stuff read you know and i think uh if somebody reads it and digs it and they follow me on Twitter, that, uh, that could be somebody down the line that follows my stuff, you know, the big, Oh yeah. I remember this guy. I read his thing. Um, and that's not me saying you should give all of your stuff away for free. Not at all. But, uh, sometimes I think it can be a useful tool. Um, yeah, for sure. And it, there, there's a lot of great stuff in there, man. So like, don't sell yourself short. That's, that's some good stuff. And you know, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with with giving your your you know your stuff away like i give away the entire first issue of uh my first series for anyone who joins my mailing list like my fan list so like and uh and that's like 22 pages of of a first what 26 pages excuse me of you know a, a large graphic novel i'm just like here take it um if they like it so, they'll come back for more you know yeah that's, yeah. yeah and you know and it's also like you know um it's a, you know, I think it was Justin Jordan said this is that your best, your best calling card is your work. Right. And it's like the, the more work you have out, the more stuff, more people that read your stuff and the more people that know your name or, or see you putting stuff out, the more people are going to say like, Oh yeah, like this guy, he, he gets stuff done. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like this, you know, I remember this and that's, that's what you want. Right. Like, I I don't know, like it, it's, I don't know anyone who had just was like, all right, like caught lightning in a bottle on their first, first no. try, like first, first try, even like the stuff, no. the people yeah. that you're like, Oh man, this guy came out of nowhere. Like they probably were working pretty hard. Like that. You just didn't see years prior. Ju- Justin is the perfect example of that because um, I remember him telling me, I've met him a couple different times at conventions where he was like, no, he's like, that's like, he's like, uh, you know, and he's done so much stuff right now, you know, like, uh, like after spread took off or well, after strode and then spread. And then it was just like, he was writing stuff everywhere. Um, and he got a, a, in a very short amount of time, he got a ton of stuff out, but, uh, he was like, I was like, no, I was like, I started doing, you know, I was like small press, you know, anthologies. And that's, it's like, you know, just because you didn't see that stuff or you weren't aware of it because it was that small that doesn't mean there wasn't a ton of all that stuff beforehand and him is perfect example and look at him now i mean just the amount i mean and he's worked i don't know if he's worked at marvel is, is that one that maybe he's missing but i mean you know valiant dc image you know aftershock like everywhere dynamite uh, i want to say he he did because um he's a he's a super cool dude um Honestly, when I was talking to him, we were talking about his Marvel thing, but I could be wrong on that. I'd have to go back and check. But yeah, he's he's really really an awesome dude. And he's really interesting to like if you anyone who's not following Justin on social media, you should do it because yeah. it's really 
you really get a really awesome insight into the way his kind of comics brain works. He's pretty open about it. And you could like, if you're a up and coming writer or aspiring writer, he's one to definitely check out just to see how he thinks about things. Cause like, he'll, he, he's like, right. I think right now he's like breaking down what he likes and dislikes about the Snyder cut. And it's just yep. really interesting That's to see it. how his, how his brain works. Um, and one thing that he did that I've, I've since stolen and it's really kind of helped me out was he did this thing called idea Tober, which is like the writer's version of Inktober yep. where he came up with a pitch a day for 30 days. Um, and I've, I've done the same thing, but I do it every Sunday and it's really, I'm not posting it on like for anyone. It's just for me. Um, because I was talking to someone else and they were like, yeah, a, um, a publisher wanted me um, to pitch them something and I wanted to give them they're like you could give me as much stuff as you want like a log line like as many log lines as you want so he sent them like three pages full of log lines and the one they picked up was like at the bot like the bottom of the second page and he was like if I would have just had three log lines like they would have set past it was no yeah yeah and so like he just had so much ammo that like they found one that they liked. And so like the mix of those two, like the, the Justin just coming up with like the way he kind of said, like the way I looked at it is like these ideas, like there's like a never ending well of ideas and you shouldn't think of them as precious gems. Like there might be a precious gem in there, but there's a lot into that. Well, and you need to keep going to that well as much as possible so it doesn't feel like everything's this precious gem. And so one of the ideas with this, so like every Sunday I come up with a pitch, um, and it's like a pared-down version, very similar to Jordan's, like uh, like just idea and just a brief, like, what's, what's it about, is I want to be able to, like, come up with as much as possible. So if I go into that, if that situation arises, um, where... You're ready. A, a publisher's like, Hey man, like send us your stuff. I'm like, all right, I have, you know, I got three pages. I got three pages full of, full of log lines, man, ready to go. Which one do you like? And that, and I think that shows the publisher that you're serious about this too. Like if you only have like three, three ideas or three things you're going to say, like, what are the, what are the odds? Someone's going to like that. Right. Like it's so, so small. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely worth your while to, to follow Justin. That was a very long-winded way for me to say follow Justin Jordan on social media. <laughs> no, like with what you said, I no, so yeah, definitely follow him because I love his stuff too. Um, this social media stuff, especially. Um, but his uh, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. For sure, you know, yeah, and that's totally like what you just said. You know, if he wouldn't yeah. have had that ready, he would have just been like flat-footed. You know, would have got moved yeah. over, but he was good stance and ready yeah it was uh he would have looked like me in the comic shop yesterday when the guy asked me for the elevator pitch i was like what do you mean elevator pitch here's my book man just read it what, what are you talking about just, just take it man i'm giving it to you <laughs> i don't have to sell yeah. you on it it's free yeah it's like i'm literally handing you something like come on man why are you doing this to me right now <laughs> uh yeah man so uh what's what's up uh uh coming in the pipeline like what can we what can people expect where um for you like anything besides the tales from quarantine anything uh self-published coming down the pipeline anything uh the listeners can uh, anticipate coming the next relatively short short time maybe near future 
Yeah. Uh, so soon our webcomic will be starting uh, myself and Michael Spivy and it'll be called, uh, it's called uh, uh, Saburo. It's a samurai traveling samurai story um, that we're going to do. Uh, I'm not sure when, but it'll be within the, within the next month and a half for sure. Um, you know, I just sent comics due to print. Um, there's more punk and rock being drawn as we speak. Um, and that's the only immediate things that I can think of, but there's always more stuff uh, in the pipeline. So uh, very, yeah. very very cool and uh where can people kind of follow you uh on the internet where do you hang out where uh, where can people meet you so i'm super active on twitter and uh facebook uh, as well as instagram i'm always posting what i'm reading because i read a ton but if you go to my website uh hamblin comics h-a-m-b-l-i-n uh, comics.com that's got links to all my social media it's got links to uh where you can find my books i got a blog on there i've got i post my interviews up on there as well uh, and anybody who uh, heard me on this podcast. Uh, if you message me saying you heard me here, I'll send you 50 pages of comics, uh, PDFs, uh, and just say that you heard me here and, uh, yeah, I'll send them right to your email. Hit me up oh, anywhere. That's, that's awesome. Do it. His, his work's great. I've, I've read a, a lot of his stuff, man. And it's, it's, it's really good, man. You're, you're, uh, you definitely got the chops, man. So everyone better go and, uh, reach out to, to, to Austin. Well, man, uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate, yeah. uh, you know, sitting down and chatting with me and let me pick your brain. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, you're welcome, man.